morning, North Point family. It is great to be with you. My name is Michael Volt, lead pastor here at North Point. We are so glad that you're joining us here in Edmonton. Uh, for those of you joining us in Vegarville and Chauvin, and of course, those of you who are joining us from the comfort of your home online, we are just so glad that you have joined us. We are in our third part of our Watch Your Mouth series. Uh, I kicked it off on Thanksgiving, talking about grumbling and Thanksgiving. Last week, Pastor Michael Cowie, he talked about truth and lies. And today I want to talk about gossip and silence. But before I jump in, I do just want to make mention, uh, for those of you who would like to give to the, um, the trouble that is happening in Israel with the war and, and somehow help out, I do want you to know that we are going to be receiving uh, your generosity and your giving. And, and we're going to make sure that that gets uh, to Wayne and Ann Hilston, who were the founders of King of Kings Church in Jerusalem and who are now doing something called the Fellowship of Israel-Related Ministries. And so already they are doing what they can. They've already raised money and they've already got several teams that are providing all sorts of aid. And as uh, things open up, they will also be providing aid in Gaza and West Bank and where it is required. We just want you to know we care about all people here and uh, we just really believe that, that uh, we are going to see peace. We're going to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We're going to pray for the peace of Israel. And we just want you to know that we are committed to that. And so if you want to give uh, towards uh, aid for Israel and for that surrounding region, just on your envelope when, when you give or when you give online, just mark it Israel. We will make sure that it gets to the foundation of Israel-related ministries. And, uh, and we know that, that they are already on the ground doing some amazing things. You know, there is a lot of talk in our world. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but we talk a lot. I mean, I talk a lot. I say a lot of words. By the end of my day, I don't want to say any more words, but I don't know if you've ever realized, but right now, talk radio is the number one format of radio. People love talk radio. They love to hear their own voice. They love to call in. Uh, right now, in uh, the world, there are over half a million, half a million podcasts that are regularly updated. 500,000 podcasts, just people talking. They're just sharing their opinions. I mean, all you need is a YouTube account and a telephone telephone. My kids would laugh just by me saying that. And a smartphone. And, uh, and you, can, you can really start your own podcast. It's amazing. You know, and I'm not even sharing anything about X, formerly known as Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. You know, there's a lot of talk that's going on out there. There's a lot of things that we can share. And unfortunately, a lot of the talk that goes on really is nothing more than opinion or speculation or even gossip. And sometimes it even goes to the next level to slander and character assassination. You ever heard something where you're listening and you go, whoa, like I don't know that that is true. And it seems more like slander and it seems more like character assassination. It happens a lot. But one of the things that I'm surprised by, and I know that I shouldn't be, is that whenever we hear slander, whenever we hear character assassination, whenever we hear gossip, our natural tendency is not to be revolted by it. Our natural tendency is to lean in. Our natural tendency is to go, well, what's that? Just tell me a little bit more. 
I mean, how many of us, you know, when we're at the checkout at the grocery store, I mean, it's pretty much all, you know, slander. It's pretty much all gossip, all the things that you see on those newsstands, right? And what do we do? We lean in. We lean in. We just, we can't get enough. We want to lean into those things rather than being repulsed by them. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8, it says this. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down into the inmost parts. You know, like our favorite sweet treats, it just seems like we cannot get enough of gossip because it is appealing, it's highly addictive. Someone might say, so uh, I heard that uh, Pastor Mike is gaining a little bit of weight. And we lean in, tell me more. Tell me more. Or, or we might say, I heard that she went to that place and we know that she shouldn't have gone there. Oh, oh, please tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Well, I heard, I heard that he bought a brand new truck. Well, where would he get that kind of money? Supposedly, one of his family members died. He didn't even like them, but he took their money. <gasps> Tell me more. And, and he didn't share it with any of his other siblings. Oh, really? Is that the case? Unbelievable. And friends, we just feast upon these choice morsels, don't we? We feast upon this highly addictive kind of speech and language. We can't get enough of it. We just want more and more and more. The rest of my sermon is going to be very difficult to do. <laughs> I didn't think that through. You know, gossip makes us feel good about ourselves, doesn't it? You know, by putting someone else down, we always feel better about ourselves. You know, for example, if there is a mom in the neighborhood and they've got a big house and it seems like she's got it all together and the kids always look amazing and they're always dressed so well and, you know, they're, they're all in their car seats and they're in their brand new BMW, you know, and everything's good. You, you just can't stand that, can you? There's just something about us where it's just like, man, like I got my ratty old van and, and, and you know, there's puke all over and, and it hasn't been cleaned forever. And so what we do is we try to find one little tidbit why that mom isn't a good enough mom. And we go, can you believe that? Huh. I'd never, I'd never parent like that. See, when we, when we gossip about someone, what it does is it makes us feel so much better about ourselves. And then all of us, we love to have the inside scoop on someone, don't we? Like, we, none of us want to be on the outside. So whenever someone tells us a little piece of gossip, we feel like we're on the inside track. We've got the inside scoop. And that makes us feel very, very good. But friends, like sweet treats, it can leave us with a sore stomach and with cavities if we have a steady diet of it. You see, it, it tastes good, but it makes us feel quite terrible. I don't know how I'm going to feel after the third service. Maybe we should take heed to the saying, if you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. So let's define gossip so that we're all on the same page here. 
A dictionary definition of gossip is this, casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. Gossip is a person who habitually reveals personal or sensational facts about others. Now, the one thing about gossips is they, they make conversation a lot more tasty. Man, when you're around a gossip, all of a sudden, you know, maybe conversation that's just about the weather or, or just about your favorite hockey team or whatever, all of a sudden it gets so much more tasty and everyone leans in and you're like, ooh, really, is that so? All of a sudden it gets very, very engaging when you're in that kind of conversation. But gossips are terrible friends because if they will gossip to you, they will gossip about you. I want you to know that. If someone will gossip to you, they will gossip about you, guaranteed. And gossip isn't a small thing. You see, a gossiping destroys people that are made in the image of God. It destroys relationships. It destroys unity. It destroys churches. And it destroys our witness to the world around us. And that's why our words matter. All of our words matter. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 31, the Apostle Paul says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for that day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander in every form of malice. You know, in these verses, the Apostle Paul is speaking to a broader context of maintaining unity in the church and growing in our faith in Jesus Christ. He's saying, if you want to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, if you want to maintain unity, you need to protect your words. You need to watch your words. That's how we preserve unity. That's how we begin to become more like Jesus when we do that. You see, we are to let no unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. And we're not just talking about cursing or swearing. We're also talking about gossip. We're talking about slander. Now, the word unwholesome means rotten. Paul says, don't let any rotten words come out of your mouth. Because when we speak rot, what we do is we make rot everywhere we go. When you speak rot, you actually make rot everywhere you go. Is that what we want to be known for? Is that what you want to be known for, to bring rot? You see, not only are we supposed to do good things in this world, we're supposed to speak good things in this world. You see, the Bible tells us that we are the light of the world. We're supposed to bring light into every dark room that we go into. That just by our presence, we're supposed to bring light. And then we are the salt of the earth. That means that we need to be adding flavor and we need to be a preservative in every room, in every conversation we go into. Are we really doing that? Do our words do that? I, I want to ask you today, and, and you don't have to put up your hands, but I, I do want you to really think about it. When people come away from a conversation with you, do they go away encouraged? Do they go away feeling strength, feeling like they can keep on going? Do they, do they come away better or do they come away feeling beaten up, discouraged and in need of a shower? How do they, how do they walk away after a conversation with you in James chapter three, verse 10, 
we're told that out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. You know, when we use our mouths to slander or gossip, we are actually grieving the Holy Spirit within us. I think if there's anything that should give us pause, it's that the Apostle Paul says, when we gossip, when we slander, when unwholesome trash comes out of our mouths, we actually grieve the Holy Spirit, that that your words actually hurt the Holy Spirit within you. And I think many times we're like, oh, it's just words, it's no big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. It grieves the Spirit you see, in Ephesians 4.29, we're told that we're to bring edification or encouragement according to the need of the moment. That there are these needs of the moment that we need to respond to with life-giving words of wisdom, but we often react in the heat of the moment. Rather than responding to the need of the moment, we often react to the heat of the moment, and we end up saying things that tear people down. And, and we tear reputations down. And we don't benefit or bless people. We don't give grace to people. We just tear them down. Why do we even feel like we need to speak when we're not sure of the facts? Why is it that so many times we get into a conversation and we really have nothing to add to the conversation, but we feel we must, so we say something? And we know that, that at the very least, it's not fully true or we don't have the facts. In James chapter 1, verse 19, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So we're supposed to, first of all, respond quick. But what are we, what are we responding quick with? Are we quick to share an opinion? No. Are we quick to share a tasty morsel with someone? No, no, that's not what we're supposed to be quick with. Are we quick to tear down another person? No, that's not what he said. Are we quick to get angry about another person's offense that we would take offense for maybe a friend? No, none of those things. What are we supposed to be quick to do? We are supposed to be quick to listen. Quick to listen. That we would listen to understand what is really being said. That that we would listen for the truth or the lie in what is being said. That we would listen for hidden agendas. And that's hard for some of us to do. And many of us have been conditioned since the time we were this big that our opinion really mattered. I've never taught that to my kids. Some, some just feel like anything that they say, oh, that's wonderful, Johnny. You just keep on saying it. If that's your opinion, you just go for it. And we feel like our opinion matters, so we feel like we have to give someone a piece of our mind all the time. Friends, if you give someone a piece of your mind all the time, pretty soon you're left with no mind. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. That was free today. That's not in my notes. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Many of us have foot and mouth disease. Ever been there? Man, ever put your foot in your mouth and you're just like, I would do anything to get that thing out. Man, I'd love to be able to illustrate with you, but I can't put my foot over my knee right now. Just like, and you're just like, or or have you ever spoken a word and it's out about right here? You know what I mean? It hasn't hit that other person yet. And you're like, no. And you can't get it. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19 says this, sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. Rarely are things made better when you speak more. 
If you put your foot in your mouth, rarely are things made better by you saying, well, but this is what I really meant. You just keep on digging your grave. Do you know what I mean? Rarely do, do things get better just by you continue to speak, continue to speak, continue to speak. Man, I've had to learn this so much in my marriage. This is like, sometimes it's better to say, I am sorry, Melissa, I was wrong. <laughs> when I'm wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't get better the more that I multiply my words. And when you hear gossip about another person, you're not going to make things better by sharing your own hot fallacy your own hot take or hot news, it's not going to get better, but you are going to do good by refusing to add to the conversation and stopping it from going any longer. You see, there are two kinds of sins. The first kind of sin is the sin of commission. It's when you know that there is something that you're going to do wrong, but you just do it anyways. You actually actively do something. So when it comes to gossip, a a sin of commission is where you're just like, man, I don't like that person and I want to, I want to tear them down. And so you meet your best friend and you just start lighting into that person and you know exactly what you're doing, but it feels good on the inside to you. And you're just, man, you're just having those scrumptious morsels. That's the sin of commission. You know what you're doing, you just do it. But then there's the sin of omission. And that's when you know that there is something you should do and you refuse to do it. There's something that you should say or there's something that you should do to end the conversation, but you're afraid to do that and you just decide, I'm just not going to say anything at all. That doesn't make us have clean hands. You can't wash your hands of that. There are some times where we got to roll up our sleeves and say, my hands have got to get dirty in this one. The sin of omission. You see, when someone is slandering someone else, that's when we need to actually speak up. Silence is golden. I think overall, silence is a very good thing. It's a very powerful weapon and a powerful tool. But there are times when we do need to speak up. You might have been told, well, if it's true, it's not gossip. If it's true, it's not gossip. So I can just talk about it as much as I can because it's true. But needlessly sharing a a shameful truth about someone else can also be gossip. There's a crazy story in the Bible in Genesis chapter 9. And it's about Noah and the flood has come and gone and he plants a vineyard. And I don't know if it is his first crop of grapes or his second or his third. But at some point he makes some wine. He decides to taste out the wine and he really likes the wine that he has made. And he keeps on tasting and keeps on tasting and keeps on tasting. And he gets obliterated. He gets absolutely hammered. In fact, so much so that sometime during the night, sometime as he's getting uh, drunk, he gets naked too. It's, it's crazy town. That's just, it's crazy. I don't know. Like he, I don't know if it's warm that night in the desert. I don't know what's going on. But in the end, we know that he ends up in his tent, totally buck naked, drunk, hungover. There he is. He's sleeping it off. And his son named Ham goes in there. He sees his dad. He's like, <gasps> and he comes out. And rather than like covering up his dad, rather than being quiet, he says to his two brothers, he's like, you are not going to believe it. Old man is in his tent. He's totally trashed. And he's naked as the day he was born. (laughs) Now, guys, it was true. What he said was true, but it was shameful. It was shameful. He shouldn't have mentioned it. And the two brothers see it as shame, and what they do is they grab a blanket, and they actually go into the tent backwards 
So they don't see their father's nakedness and they cover him up. And in the end, Ham is cursed. You see, too often, friends, we, we just pile on when someone has done something wrong. I, I preached a sermon several years ago and I was talking about lying and the consequences of lying. And at that point, there was a reporter a very well-known reporter that had lied about some of his exploits and he got busted. And I ended up putting a picture of this reporter on there because it was, it was news. People knew all about him. And I said, see the consequences of these lies. And after that service, after that first service, a, a wise gentleman came up to me and he said, Mike, what you have done is you've just exposed his shame over and over and over again. And I don't think that that's our call as followers of Jesus Christ. You know the shame that he said. I don't think that that's our call. And you know, I was convicted immediately. I hadn't thought of it before, but I thank God that this gentleman cared enough about me to actually stop me. And he says, I don't think that that's how we should be doing things here as followers of Jesus Christ. And so I had to make a last second call. I had to take that illustration right out of my sermon. It was difficult to do. I, I don't even know how I went on because I felt terrible. I felt ashamed. But friends, I want you to know that, that our gossip it causes death to people's souls. Even when we gossip about something that is true, when we just expose their shame over and over again, we're tearing down reputations. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13 says, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. So how do we learn to sniff out and stamp out gossip before its embers start a massive fire? Well, here's just a few things that I think we need to do. I think that as a conversation comes up where a person begins to gossip, rather than just passively listening with our minds shut off, I believe that we need to ask ourselves some of these questions. First of all, is it true? Is it true? And, and how do I know it's the truth or a lie? Secondly, is this story mine to tell or even mine to hear from this person? Is this story mine to tell or I should, should I even be hearing it from this person? Is this story bad news or a bad report? Something that is actually meant or brought up to bring shame. Are these words loving towards the person that is being talked about? And would I repeat these words if that person were here? Would I repeat it? You see, a gossip shares news behind someone's back. In fact, in the book of Proverbs, it often talks about a gossip as being a whisperer because what gossips like to do is, is share things behind someone's back and so they whisper and they look to make sure that no one else is listening. And you know what happens when we start whispering that way? It actually starts to light us up because we feel like, ooh, we're doing something bad. And all of us love that. Oh, I'm hearing something that maybe someone else doesn't know. And, and, it, and it feels so good because it's so bad. That's our sinful nature at work. And once again, like every rotten or foul word that comes out of our mouths, it really uncovers a much bigger issue within us. It uncovers a heart issue within us. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 and 19, Jesus said, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles someone. While other, uh, that's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. You know, some gossip 
seems absolutely harmless. It's just little tidbits of info about someone, while other stuff is so slanderous that you're actually tearing down someone's reputation, and it can, it can cause a divide in an organization or a workplace. It can cause a divide in a church. Churches can be split in half because of a slanderous rumor and slanderous go, uh, a gossip. But I want you to know this, whether it is big or whether it is small, it is still sin. And we need to stop excusing our sin and we need to start repenting of it, friends. We need to stop excusing, oh, it's just a small thing. It's, it's not a big deal. No one was really hurt in this. Friends, there are victims when you gossip. You are a victim of it. It starts to eat away and tear away at your soul. The, the person who's listening to you is a victim of it. And the person that's being spoken about is a victim. And rather than us just excusing it and saying, oh, it's no big deal at all. I'm not committing a murder. We have to see it for what it is, sin, and it destroys. And we have to start repenting of it where we actually say, God, I am sorry. My mouth was meant to bless you and bless others, but I've used my mouth to curse others. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37, Jesus says, and I tell you this, you must give account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Once again, this should give us pause. That one day we're going to have to answer for every one of our words. Every one of our words, our big words, our small words, our active words, our idle words, all of our words. But the good news today, friends, if you're scared about that, if you're like, man, I've said a lot of bad words. The good news today is you can change. We all can change. We can be transformed in our speech by the Holy Spirit. We don't have to gossip or slander anymore. You might say, well, it's so much a part of me and part of my identity. I can't imagine ever not doing it. Friends, that's what the good news of Jesus can do. It can change you. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it says that he, Jesus, personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Friends, I want you to know today is that Jesus Christ, even when he was on that cross, all of your sins were nailed to that cross. Your gossip, your slander, your idle words, they were crucified with Christ. And you don't have to live being a gossip. You don't have to live being a slanderer. You don't have to live having trash come out of your mouth. It has been crucified with Christ and we gotta crucify it. And some of us have to decide that we are going to nail up those sins on that cross and we are not going to live that way anymore. And like we celebrated in baptism, we are no longer slaves to sin. We have died to the old and we have been raised again to new life. That is your identity. You are not a gossip. You are a child of God. You're a child of God. We need to live that way. It's possible. It's possible. You might say, man, I'm just so tempted to gossip all the time. I want you to know that when we are tempted, God always provides a way of escape. Sometimes you're just going to have to remove yourself from a situation. Maybe there are some friends that you just, right now, you cannot be hanging out with because it is just so caustic, it is so ugly, and you've just got to remove yourself from that situation. Perhaps there's going to be times where you don't have an ability to speak Maybe because of the circumstance or who's around and, and, and in that 
in that time, I would say, don't pile onto the conversation, refuse to speak. If you cannot say anything, refuse to pile on. And then there are going to be times where you just need to speak up. You need to say, I, I don't think what we're doing is right here. I don't think that this is even true. I don't think if she was here or if he was here that, that we would say these things. We gotta cut this out, you guys. You know, Jesus was slandered. Jesus was gossiped about. Jesus' whole mission was misunderstood. If you look at the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see that continually Jesus is being gossiped about. Continually Jesus is being slandered. The religious leaders, the Romans, the common people, everyone got it wrong with Jesus, but he always turned the other cheek. He refused to fight fire with fire. And instead what he did is he went to the cross and he died for all of those idle words. He died for all of that gossip and slander. And as, as people were spitting on him, as people were calling him out, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And today I want you to know that you can be forgiven by Jesus Christ. You can be forgiven by God the Father today for all that you have done in your life. That is the beautiful hope of the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news is this, we don't have to live like we've always lived. We can be changed. We can be more like him. And so today, would you bow your heads with me right now? For those of you who have never made a decision to follow Jesus, whether you're here in Edmonton or Vagerville, Chauvin or online, I want you just to take a moment. Do you want Jesus to forgive you of your sin? Your slander, your gossip, it grieves the Holy Spirit. It hurts the heart of Jesus. One day we're going to have to stand before him for every idle word. Today, are you ready to say, Jesus, I need your help, forgive me. Come into my life and change me. Help me to be more like you. If that's you today and you would like to have a relationship with Jesus for the very first time, I wanna pray for you. Would, would you just slip up a hand right now? Thank you. Anyone else? And for those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ, but you'd say, I needed this reminder today. I think I've become a little lackadaisical in my speech. Pastor, would you pray for me that, that God would guide me and help me even this week to reflect him better in my speech? If that's you, would you just put up a hand? Yeah, all over. Lord Jesus, right now I just pray for every person in, in this place and those joining us in Beggarville and Chauvin and online. Lord, I thank you for the power of the good news, the power of the gospel to set us free from the old and to give us life in the new. God, I pray that you would forgive us of all of our idle words, forgive us of our slander, our gossip. God, I just pray by your Holy Spirit for those that have never started a relationship with you that right now they'd say, come in Jesus, make me more like you, that they would start a relationship with you today. And Lord, for all of us, that we would determine that we are going to watch our mouths and know that you are going to help us in that. So God, I pray that we would be the kind of church made up of the kind of people that, that speak blessing and not cursing. 
pray these things in your name. Amen.